just been writing since I was little and like I never really like you know just stopped and been like this is really what I want to do it just kind of always felt like what I wanted to do and I've never really wanted to stop doing it so definitely I can see that involuntary feeling where it's just like you have this idea and you want to get it onto the page and you really can't find a reason almost not to do it so you just start writing. (laughs) Welcome to the Lifelines podcast brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. I'm Marina Aris and I'm Diane Fenner and we're your hosts. This is the podcast for book creators, book lovers, and literary ambassadors. Join us each week as we explore the writing life, the art, and the business of creating great books. Joining us today is Rachel Shapiro. Rachel's short story, Pieces of Light, was chosen as a notable story in the 2013 Gemini Short Story Contest. She was also a quarterfinalist in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Contest, she has a master's degree in creative writing from the University of Edinburgh and has taught essay writing at St. Petersburg University. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, Rachel. Good Hi. to see you. Good to see you, too. So since you have been um, working as both a reader, um, you've been writing quite a bit, you've entered uh, numerous contests, we thought that we'd have a conversation around all of those and we'd start off um, <laughs> talking about, if you will, with uh, about short stories. And um, I think that the, the short story form can be complicated. And although we think, oh, there are fewer pages, you'd think maybe it'd be easier. But I suspect that it, it's quite a bit of a challenge and our listeners might um, learn, learn a lot from your process. Um, how do you approach short stories? How many have you written? Just kind of give us an overview of your experience. Yeah, I definitely find short stories in a way are are almost harder than novels because you're trying to get so much in in such a short time. So I've probably written maybe like around 10 short stories. Like I usually, I don't write them too much. I usually just try and polish the ones I have when I'm sending them out to contests. And so when when I'm approaching one, I usually start with just the initial idea or, or initial character. And from there, I don't usually outline or anything. I just kind of follow where the story's going. Since they're so, so short, I don't really find outlines help me too much with them. So usually I just kind of write the first draft and, you know, it's pretty rough. And then once I do that, I go back and kind of make notes and stuff. And then from there, I, I usually polish it up a bit before either bringing it to writing group to get critiqued or just trying to send it out. Oh, this Pieces of Light uh, story that, that was... Um chosen by the Gemini short story count. What, what was that story like? Um, how long did it take you? What was the motivation mm-hmm. for writing it? Yeah, that one, um, I wrote it in my last year of college. It was for uh, my, my uh, creative writing class. So it took probably about a month. And it was about, I think, 5,000 words. And so the story was about um, a photographer who gets into a relationship with her mentor, or she just, she has a really good relationship with him. And then he ends up dying. And so she's kind of trying to figure out like what her own process is as a photographer. So it just kind of follows her through that. And then it picks up a few years after he dies and just kind of sees where she's at from there. Wow. I think that that's interesting. That that's, I would even imagine that being a terrific novel, right? Like a short story is probably a heck of a tease. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of short stories, like they end up just kind of almost becoming novels. Then you're like, oh, I don't want to leave this character. So then you just kind of keep writing it, see what happens next. That's great. Do you remember how you came up with that story seed or? I actually do with that one because it was um, at the new museum. They had like an exhibit on this photographer. I can't remember what what their name was, but I remember they had this picture of, 
I think it was just like a man who was dying of AIDS. And I just kind of started thinking about the photographer of it and who she was and what her story was. And from there, I kind of came up with the whole story. I like that. (laughs) So do I remember right? Didn't you win um, something or I'm thinking of Story Shack. Mm -hmm. Um, We were doing writing group one point and I remember you had been published, right? In, Mm -hmm. In Story Shack? Right, I had a flash fiction piece published there. So that was my first published piece. Wow. Yes, I remember that piece. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the title of that one again? Uh, um, the Convenience Store. Yes, yeah. The Convenience Store. That was great. That was, mm-hmm. and, and I think I've, it's interesting because I, I remember bits and pieces of it. And mm-hmm. what I remember most, right, even though I read it a long time ago, so forgive me. But what I do remember most of all is that it had a really strong emotional context. Like it just left me feeling um, disturbed is way too strong. But it was more like you f- you f- you really mm-hmm. feel something after that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. sort you know, of resonated for a few days. Yes, it definitely stayed with you. So oh, thank you. Um, I hope that's mm-hmm. the first of many. I'm, I'm sure there um, some others uh, that you're after. Like what what are some mm-hmm. of the uh, contests that you're interested in now, if any? Yeah, I haven't been looking lately, but I mean, I'm just kind of always trying to find new contests to submit to. Like, there's just so many out there. It's like almost hard to pick. Do you have any advice for people who Mm -hmm. want to start entering contests? Yeah, I think just kind of, I'd say start with probably like the free ones just to kind of, you know, like get the feel of it. And then like pick ones that, you know, definitely really look at their um, criteria and make sure to stick with it since they get so many entries, like little things like going over the word limit can really kind of kind of mess up your chances a bit. Just like things like that. And then, yeah, just definitely polish the story as much as possible before sending it out and just make sure it's like the best it can possibly be. And then send to a bunch of different places since there's so much competition out there. Having like a lot of stories out there can really help you. You're a reader for which one? Uh, for Gemini Magazine, the one where the story was ah, a notable story. Yeah, actually, cool. that's how I got I got an internship through that. Cause I um, emailed them and was like, hi, my story was a notable story in your contest. I'd really like to be an intern for you. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question. I have had no real formal training. Um, when I went to college, uh, I didn't – I took – a creative writing course, but I didn't um, get an MFA mm-hmm. in creative writing or anything like that. And I always feel a little um, self-conscious or maybe jealous of people who've had that experience mm-hmm. because the credential seems to be just a confidence booster. It's like I have been trained. Mm-hmm. And I don't get to say that because I came at writing after uh, going through a different career. So I'm Dying to know, having gotten your um, master's in fine arts in creative writing, what do you feel like you gained from that program that I didn't gain by not having it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Yeah. Say nothing, Rachel, nothing. No, you absolutely no, missed out nothing. That's the right answer, Rachel. Well, I mean, I just have no idea what the, what, what it's like to be in, in, a, in formal training. So Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, life experience you've had is, like, almost as good as training. But, I mean, I think the things you kind of get from it are – I guess you really get more than anything, just time to write. Like, I mean, the the critiques and everything are really helpful, but just really having like a year just to write is like yeah. really amazing. And I haven't had, really had that since then. So uh, I think more yeah. than like the yeah. training, that's really what it gives you. 
And, and why did you choose the sto- short story form? Did you choose it while you were studying or is it just something you're naturally drawn to? That's like the, because I know some people feel like that once they hit a certain word count, they're like, I'm happy with that word count. That's just yeah. like my happy place. But how yeah. was it for you? How did you come to it? Yeah, actually, I mean, I find short stories kind of hard actually compared to novels, but that's why I kind of like the challenge of them. Because you're just like, you're trying to get like this emotional resonance in like just a few thousand words. So that's why I almost do it kind of like, training a bit for novels because it really helps you learn how to like pare down your words and make sure you're choosing the words that really best get the emotion across without having too much extra and so that's why I really do like them like whenever I start writing a new one I get really excited about it I think that's why I don't get ideas for them as often because I know they're going to be more challenging so when I get one I really want to like really work on it and really kind of get to the core of what the story means. That's the opposite of what I would have expected to hear somebody say that a novel is easier than a short story. That's the opposite of what you have more room. I mean, actually in film school, it's the same thing. Like um, I had to edit 40 hours for a five minute film. It was just ridiculous. And you're thinking a five minute film, you got to be kidding me. So it's kind of the same context. You have to do uh, a lot with very little. Yeah. Yeah. I must be doing something wrong. (laughs) I can't imagine feeling happier about having to write, you know, 200 pages than having to write a shorter amount. How about, how about the, this, this emotional context that you refer to? How, What's what's the pro? Is there like a formula? How do you get to that? Because that yeah. I'm sure people are wondering how do you mm-hmm. do that effectively? Are there any secrets or yeah. tricks that you <laughs> have found work? Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, I think it's really just like polishing mostly. Like I feel like the first draft usually doesn't have as much of that because it's more like kind of figuring out the plot and everything. So once you go back to it, then I think the emotional resonance of it starts to kind of become more clear. So it's really just working at the story until you're like sick of looking at it. <laughs> so wait, so it's like the first draft kind of like um, you give the character a name at least yeah. and they just do something. Mm-hmm. And then how you how they feel about what they've done or is being done or has been done, that doesn't come till like many drafts later. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Like once in a while there'll be a story where like it all kind of is very clear in the first draft. Most of the time it's more like, all right, the first draft is this happens and this happens and this happens. And then when you go back to it, it's like, oh, this is why it's happening to the character and why they're choosing to do that. So you have these like aha moments. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, do you have to, do you come to this just when you're actually actively writing or do you just have a lot of thinking time? Cause I know some authors yeah. consider thinking time, writing time. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, yeah, just going on walks is usually when I come up with ideas. Like, mm. I feel like staring at the screen never really works for me because I just kind of, like, the words just start blurring and stuff. <laughs> I imagine, though, that you have to really uh, tear yourself open emotionally. You mm. make it sound a little bit easy when you're <laughs> doing it, uh, when, you're, when you're talking about it just mm-hmm. now and describing it. But I know that when I am trying to write something emotional, it, I, it'll wipe me out. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just be like uh, in yeah. a fetal position on the floor <laughs> yeah. afterward. <laughs> like a hurricane mm-hmm. just went through me because mm-hmm. I have to try to unearth all of these feelings that have been packed away. Yeah, definitely is intense. Like, especially when you get to those drafts where it's really like starting to come together. Like that's definitely like the easiest and hardest part. Cause you're like, everything's there, but then you just have to really get it out of you. Yeah. So any words of advice for short story writers? Yeah, I think just 
keep working at it. And I mean, if the idea turns into a novel, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have really any of it. yours done that? Yeah, a few, I think. Like, I can't think of any particular now, but there's definitely been one or two that started as short stories. And then I was just like, I, I can't tear myself away from this character. I've got to see where it's going to go. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. And that's and I guess that's how you know then when you want to spend more time yeah. with a character. Mm-hmm. When you're teaching people um, to write, do you sort of um, have the same idea for approaching every student or do you teach each student differently? Yeah, I think definitely, definitely differently if the student like if the student kind of like comes to you, I've only taught online, so I'm not sure what it'd be like face to face, but online I found like, you know, some students will email you and have a lot of questions and really want your help. So then I'll usually, you know, give them the help they're looking for. And some students, you know, kind of don't want really too much interaction. They just kind of want you to grade their papers and, you know, give you maybe, maybe a little bit of feedback. So Rachel, um, I know that one of your stories that you've been workshopping with us at the Brooklyn Writers Project is a novella. Is that correct? Yes. So how would you describe a a novella, by the way, for people listening? Because I think sometimes there is a debate about the word count or whatever, page number. Yeah, I'm not completely sure like what the exact numbers are, but I think it's like maybe... 20,000 to like 40,000 words that'd be kind of like my best guess but I feel like once you hit like more than that it's kind of like short novel maybe right but yeah there's definitely a lot of like you know wiggle room there <laughs> right well tell us about that did that start as a short story that and tell us a little about um that's that story that you well spoilers obviously because mm-hmm. you're not really you haven't released it yet so yeah yeah, that story, um, it's about a one-handed piano player who loses his hand in an accident. So it actually started, uh, the character was a, was in another story I was thinking of doing, but then I didn't really like that story, but the character stuck with me. And so I kind of like went into his life, and I think it did actually start as a short story, but then I just kept kind of going with it and kept finding more to do with it. And so from there, then I was thinking of making it a novel, but didn't really have like enough material for that, so I ended up at a novella. <laughs> That's so great. Maybe eventually, like in a few yeah. years time, you'll get to the novel. We'll just, right. you know, you'll progress your way to it. Right? Yeah. And then it'll be a series. Right. Yes. We'll watch your entire career just evolve. Right. That'd be great. So what are the, are there any challenges within a novella that are different from a short story? Yeah, I think so. Cause it's, I mean, I haven't really written one before this. So it is a bit tricky because it's like, it is, it's more like a novel, but not completely there. So I'm kind of, I feel like I almost have like too much plot for it right now. For it. So it should almost be a novel, but then there's not enough plot for it to be a novel. So like, I feel like I maybe need to cut a bit out to make it a novella. So it's definitely like hard to kind of find the balancing act between that. <laughs> so when you're writing um, and you come up against these difficulties, do you just step aside and wait or do you just keep trying until something sticks? Yeah, I'm more of like a step aside and wait type of writer. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't guess that about you. <laughs> yeah, I just I never really feel like I sometimes try and like kind of force my way through it, but it never really kind of works out like I want it. So usually I'll put it away for like a few days or a week and then kind of come back to it. I know because uh, <laughs> sometimes when we're doing um, the workshopping, mm-hmm. Um, you and other people will come in and say, well, here's this thing from years ago that I just want to revisit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of the things I just wanted to bring up on a different topic, 
it's come up with some of the interviews we've done that writing is um, almost involuntary. It's almost mm-hmm. a compulsion. It's not something that people wake up and say, mm-hmm. I choose to go into this really grueling profession where there's a lot of competition <laughs> and not very much money. It seems like people say, no, it's, I, it chose me or it's involuntary or it's mm-hmm. something I must do. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've just been writing since I was little and like, I never really like, you know, just stopped and been like, this is really what I want to do. It's just kind of always felt like what I wanted to do. And I've never really wanted to stop doing it. So definitely I can see that involuntary feeling where it's just like you have this idea and you want to get it onto the page and you really can't find a reason almost not to do it. So you just start writing. (laughs) But I think it's hard in that way. I mean, I know it's true for me as well that it seems sort of involuntary that I just sort of feel compelled. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's something about that that's, that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, think in part it's lonely and in part it's not very remunerative. Um, has you, have you ever felt like discouraged enough to say I'm done? Yeah, definitely gotten close. Like, I was, I had a novel that I was trying to like query for a bit and like it got close a couple places, but just kept not getting there. And then that was kind of, discouraging and I had to like step away from that novel because I was kind of starting to feel like done with writing so I was like I'm just gonna put it away for now and just focus on something else because it was starting to get like why am I doing this yeah (laughs) it's hard you can't really just sort of reach for an inspiration and turn Mm -hmm. it on sometimes you just have to give yourself some space and say right I just need to stop beating my head against the wall yeah I feel like just going for a new project really helps with that too especially if like you still feel like writing just not writing a certain piece just like going and doing something else really helps kind of get that creativity going. Do you write every day? I get the sense that you write almost every day. Or am um, I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of uh, work writing every day. So sometimes I do so much writing just for uh, for work that I don't really feel like doing fiction writing. But you know, probably like I'd say at least three or four days a week. And how long about are your writing sessions? Are they all different? Yeah, usually like not super long, like maybe like an hour, hour and a half. And then, like, then sometimes I'll go back and edit what I wrote that day, too, for another, like, hour or so. That's great. That's great. So, so who's your mentor? Who's your favorite, most inspirational character in, mm-hmm. you know, as a writing example? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> me. You can say me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's totally <laughs> Diane. Okay. Diane's Diane's one I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both of you, so... <laughs> um. I just one thing I do want to mention because I tell this to mm-hmm. everyone who meets Rachel for the first time um, is that Rachel is a really fast writer, and I really love that about her. Um, and I, I, I even once mm-hmm. beat you just once, okay. I think, by like twenty words because we had a um, yeah. a yeah. one hour writing session mm-hmm. after the the regular workshop. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I, I don't know. There's something about that. What? Mm-hmm. Why do you write fast? Is it just because that's the way your your writing brain works or are yeah. you just yeah why is it that like we'll do uh-huh. a writing prompt and like eight people will sit there and respond <laughs> to the prompt and then they'll each read their work and it'll take a minute two minutes and then rachel will read hers and it'll be like 45 minutes no come on <laughs> so you <laughs> read it so fast it goes quickly <laughs> i don't know but what yeah how did you get to the point where you were able to just sort of flow your writing just flows so fast oh, thank you i mean yeah, I don't know. I guess I've just kind of always written fast. Like, I guess I never even really, like, noticed it too much. Like, I just kind of would, like, sit down and write and not really notice how much time was passing. Wow. So, yeah, so I, I guess like maybe, the way like, you do it. Oh, thank you. Because you're definitely, like, you just go into the zone so quickly. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to say practice or something that I yeah, could I mean, mimic, but not just. Yeah, I was going to say maybe like, maybe at like uh, just unconscious practice over the years. Like I'm guessing, you know, probably like I've gotten faster over time and not really even realized it. Right. Well, like I try to, to emulate what you do, but, mm-hmm. but I just end up kind of writing my way around. Everybody has their own nothing, process too, you know? I think. But I always <laughs> have an inhibition about wanting to think through the uh, place where I'm going first. Mm-hmm. And I notice that other people don't. They'll just be willing to start writing without knowing. Yes, that's the difference mm-hmm. right there. Like, mm-hmm. I think, Rachel, I don't know where you pull these characters from, but all of a sudden, most of your prompts mm-hmm are pretty rich and I'm usually stuck and but yours are pretty good too yeah, Diane. I don't even really think <laughs> I, I struggle every time like I'll give you guys a setup I'm like, you're like the lines you do set. are always like amazing like just like, um, with a few lines <laughs> it's come with the setup I'm like oh what if this happens and I'm like you know <laughs> but I think that some people are able to just start without knowing where it goes and mm-hmm. they have some level of trust or something that I mm-hmm. don't and i try to be very conscious of it because I'd like to be able to just write without knowing where it's going. I think I'm missing something, but Mm -hmm. I don't seem to be able to, I have to do this cogitation as if I'm sort of, you know, the initial scout seeing, Oh, I don't want to go anywhere too dangerous. Mm -hmm. So do you just sort of write and you're like, okay, wherever it goes, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I kind of have like the opposite way. Cause I usually just kind of write my way in. So like, I guess usually I write like one or two lines and delete those and maybe write another line and then delete that. And then maybe like the third line is the one that really sticks. And then from there, I kind of just keep going. Really? See, that's our process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's our process right there. That is gold. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to do that. It is. I I don't think that I trust myself enough because I always Mm -hmm. have to have some little, I may change in the middle, Mm -hmm. but I always have to have some little, goal that I'm writing towards like I know where this story is going before uh, I can just start well let's talk then about um, you know are are you the type of writer Rachel who likes to plan for the year what you'd like to publish or submit to or how how do you deal with your writing career do you have like a yeah like I try to but I usually don't end up sticking to it (laughs) But I do try and kind of be like, all right, I want to write like this much this month or I want to submit to this magazine just so I kind of have like a goal to work towards. Since as you guys know, as writing, it's like it's always hard to kind of see the finish line because it can really be anywhere. So just kind of having like something I'm working towards definitely does help me. All right. Well, you have any other? Well, NaNoWriMo comes to mind. Um, I remember NaNoWriMo was a time when you just seemed to be like cranking it out. And (laughs) I was sort of like, I'm last in the pack looking at, you know, you're disappearing in front of me. And I'm like, well, I've done four pages and it's just hard to keep up. It's funny that you bring up NaNoWriMo because I think that um, for some reason, when it happens every November, Mm -hmm. I just something in my mind says, okay, you're just going to play that game. It's almost like when we do the weekly writing prompts, I, I'm not prepared to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't had the, the, the psych, you know, you're psyching yourself up for like a month before, like nano, you've got like a month or two sometimes, right? They're like, get ready for nano. get ready. And I think that you kind of get prepared for that yeah. because I have done what you do, mm-hmm. Rachel, and I'm amazed what it happens. <laughs> 
but it doesn't happen as easily as it does for you. Like you feel like the reason is because you've had a whole year of knowing that nano Yeah, yeah. I think I've just kind of set myself up for like I, when that month comes or when that day comes, I'm going to write in that way. Maybe we should. Isn't that interesting? Start, we can experiment. Maybe mm-hmm. we should pause for a second, make sure the readers know what nano is. Cause oh, good right. question. Yeah, good point. So nano is national. Yeah, national novel writing month. So yes, every November. Yes. Yeah. And the goal is for a writer to write 50,000 words of a first draft of a fiction novel. Mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to edit it. You're just supposed to get the words. And you know what? I bet you that's why it works Mm -hmm. because you know, going in, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. You you give yourself permission to just kind of write what you want. And you don't have to know these people. You don't have to join in advance. This is a bunch of people who are all just doing this online at Mm -hmm. the same time, but don't know each other. And, um, I guess you can start looking at each other's notes and and comments might and get know. to know the group. Oh, you might. You're right. And yeah. when you say a bunch, what you really mean is thousands of people across the yeah, globe. Yeah, I think it's right? hundreds of thousands now. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's global, it's right? Like, yeah, so huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's and, and what's interesting is you never really get to see the work itself. Mm-hmm. Like you'll know a working title. And then when you upload it, because I only won one year, <laughs> when you upload it, you, you it just disappears. Apparently, it just kind right. of counted, and then it just goes into like the the, the sphere yeah. of nothing. Yeah, I think there's been like a few pretty successful novels from that. Like I think the one of the big ones was um, Water for Elephants. Oh, oh you're yeah. kidding? Yes, 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 story. yes, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There were some other works. Yeah, I can't think of the other ones now. But that one, I think, was definitely one of the big success stories from it. So, if a listener wants to, um, how would they find out about it? Just Google nanorimo.org, yeah. I believe it is. Yes. Dot org, and you can. Yeah, it's it's really a great organization. And N A N O W R I M O. That's right. That's exactly right. So we should encourage people. We'll probably do a, se- a segment on it too. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I mean, we're going to do nano. Everybody here in this room today, right. you're doing it. Like it <laughs> so, so get ready. <laughs> Start getting ready. Okay, great. So Rachel, we're going to pretend that you are a you are at a writing conference, and there is a room of first time you pick uh, novelists, short story writers, mm-hmm. uh, essay writers, whatever you like, and give them some words of wisdom. What would, what can they use that you think is not something that has been heard often too. Let's see if you can get creative here. Um, because everybody knows, you know, polish your work, edit it, get feedback. Maybe, maybe there's something that only you do or know of that might work for them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not really a softball. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's end this with a big girl. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Just relax and then do something really hard. <laughs> no, that is a really good one. <laughs> Think about that. Or maybe, or maybe just use some of your own experience. And may, yeah. maybe, is there a challenge that you've met through mm-hmm. all of these uh, types of writing that you felt like you figured out how to get through them? You know, yeah. like I think what you said earlier was really great. You know, about writing your way into the characters' right. emotional context and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember, guess, look, they've oh, yeah. never done anything, so you are like, you, right. you know, you could come up with with a bunch of things. They're just yeah. about to write the first few words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking like. I mean, if somebody wanted to submit to a contest, if that's kind of, like, their goal, then, like, you should really write for, like, the contest word limit. Because I think that's something you don't really think about when you're starting a story. But if, like, if you know you want to submit to a bunch of contests that have a 2,000-word limit, that should be kind of be your goal. Because it's so easy to just kind of keep writing and writing. But So having kind of, like, I have to stop here is really helpful. Oh, I like that. That's great. Yeah. 
Um, what about um, titles? That might be interesting. We didn't talk about titles. How do you come up with your titles? Yeah, and actually that's one thing that's hard for me. Like usually I kind of come up with it at the end and it's kind of like usually my first title is kind of a throwaway one. And then like once I've read the story over about, you know, 10 times or, or whatever, I finally kind of come up with an idea. I guess like most of the time I try and kind of find a title that really just kind of speaks to the message or the theme of the story. So I feel like those kind of work the best for me. That's exactly the opposite of what I understand Marina to do. Mm -hmm. Right, Marina, don't you? No, no. For whatever reason, I get titles. I don't know where they come from. I wish I could get that. They just show up, and then I try to create a story that goes with them. It's just really really bizarre. I find them, like, so hard. How about you, Diane? How are you with titles? Um, I'm a person who comes up with the title after Mm -hmm. it's written. Um, Oh, yeah. So you guys are more the norm. I'm just bizarre. I don't know. Maybe it comes from poetry writing. Like, I don't know. There's something like I love to to hear the sounds of I mean, we Mm -hmm. all do as writers, but sometimes I just really like the way some words are together. And I say, I really like the way that sounds. And then I just want to. I think definitely having a poetry background helps with that. You really know how to put these words together in such a short way. Yeah, I think that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, that's great. Uh, anything else you'd like to ask, Diane? Um, I just want to thank you for coming on. Oh, I think it's been really me. great. And if people want to know what's happening with you next, mm-hmm. what where, where should they, they find, find you, you mm-hmm. online or how can they reach you and see what's going on? Yeah, I think probably you go to my portfolio. That's where I kind of put all my stories and my um, articles I write. So it's um, just clippings.me slash rshapiro907. Okay. So that's where usually I kind of put all my stuff and kind of keep updating my bio with the new things I'm doing. What, that's an unusual uh, URL, clippings? Yeah, it's just kind of a, a portfolio site. So I kind of find it easy to keep all my stuff there. And just Is it for organized. writers? Or? I think it is mostly for writers. I think it's for writers, and I think they might have a section too. Oh, that's really great. Mm-hmm. I like that. So anybody who wants to buy one of... Rachel's yeah. short, stories. short stories and publish it, right. or publish or that novella yeah. when it comes out. Well, Just definitely give me an email. <laughs> that call. sounds great, absolutely. And can people um, subscribe, or is there a newsletter on your page? Uh, or I haven't yet? done that yet. I'm thinking of okay. trying to get okay. to that, or a blog, or something like that. So I'll keep you updated on all that. Terrific. Well, thank you again, Rachel. It was really great talking you. to you. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep bringing you great content. For show notes, upcoming events, and to participate in the Brooklyn Writers Project community, head on over to our website at www.brooklynwritersproject.com. Questions or comments? Send them to contact at lifelinespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lifelines, the books podcast has been brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. Music for this podcast has been provided by Anthony Nuda of Noble Sense Productions.